0: Welcome to Upstream, a source of ideas and encouragement for courageous priests and the people who support and work with them. I'm Pat Lancioni, your host. I'm joined by my co-host today, Matt Rudolph. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing great, Pat. How are you? I'm doing great, Matt. Hey, what's the what's the title of today's episode? Every priest is a genius. That's right, and it's true. Every priest, or better yet, has a genius, or two. The thing is, Every priest also has areas where they're not a genius. God gives every person and certainly every priest gifts that they're extraordinary at. But he gives no priests every gift. And yet it's so difficult when you're a priest, because we know a lot of them, we love our priests, that people see them and think they're supposed to be great at everything. A lot of people say, yeah, to be a pastor, people think you're Jesus and you have to be great at every single thing. Well, no priest is, and it can be really costly to priests and and really make them feel lonely and discouraged when they don't know what they are geniuses at and the areas where they don't have genius. And that's what we want to talk about today, right, Matt? Yeah, Pat. I think so many priests feel this pressure that
1: it's all the weight is on their shoulder and they have to be good at everything. They have to be all things to all people. And I think this is a huge source of burnout for priests, right? When you don't have... You know, energy for your ministry and 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 you know that the pastoral care for your people—it's because you're just
0: burnt out of ha- trying to do everything on your own. I've re- I've received a number of emails from from pastors who priests ministers and pastors who have taken the working genius, which we're going to talk about in a second, and they have written to me and said, I thought it was a failure. For 20 years, one pastor said, for 20 years, I thought I was a fraud. And we said, why? And he goes, because I was not good at writing or delivering a homily. And and he said, now I realize I just didn't have those gifts. There's certain gifts that are good at that. And I'd said, but how are you at pastoral care? And how are you at counseling? And how are you at this? And they're like, I love that. I'm like, yeah, nobody's good at all of it. And that doesn't mean you get to say, therefore— I don't have to do it. It's not an excuse. But what a wonderful thing to be able to say, I'm not naturally good at this. It's not because I'm a failure or a bad person. I can actually admit to myself and to others that I struggle in certain areas, and then I can get the help I need and stop feeling guilty or judged for not being all things to all people.
1: Yeah. And Pat, I think it's so important that there isn't a perfect working genius combination for the, for being a courageous priest you know god made you who you are and the best leader the best priest is going to be a self-aware one right one that knows their strengths and knows their weaknesses i also just i, I can't help but think of uh, mother teresa didn't she say that humility is truth right yeah. it's and true that we are good at some things god gave us gifts they're from him and he didn't give us others. (laughs) So humility is truth. And I think that just embracing that there's a reality to this that, yeah, I don't, I don't even get to choose the things that I'm gifted at. Those are gifts from God and we don't need to be embarrassed about it.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. You just said that truth, denying truth is is not humility. And, and, and to be a priest who's like excellent at some things, like really gifted to say, no, 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 I'm not that good at that is actually not humility because you want to say, yeah, God gave me that gift. We can brag about the giver and say, yes, I love doing that and I'm quite good at it. Isn't that wonderful? That's not a lack of humility. And that often opens us up to say, and look at these other areas that I'm terrible at. And you can actually, humility is to celebrate what we're bad at as well as what we're good at and let other people into that and realize it doesn't detract from us being Beloved children of God, and that's so important if you're a priest, because if a priest feels I'm not enough, oh, the the impact that can have on so many other people. Right, and Pat, I think another thing that might be challenging for some
1: priests is in sharing that they might look incompetent or stupid if they're, for for example, if they're not good at a certain thing that we might assume a priest would be good at. And I, th- I think this is going to be a great conversation, Pat, because I don't want any priest to feel guilt or shame or embarrassment around any of the things that they're not naturally good at. So exactly. I, I'm really excited for this.
0: And and what we don't want to also do is a lot of times when we do Working Genius and we talk to priests about this, and Working Genius, for those that don't know, is just a, a tool for helping us understand our God-given gifts. It's a it's based on a, a model I came up with in a book I wrote. And and. It allows us to really understand those things so we can celebrate them. Now, I've talked to priests before who said, yeah, I'm just not good at, at homilies. And of course, that's the public one. It's like, oh, and they're like, man. And they feel like everybody is like, yeah, Father so-and-so is here, but he doesn't give the best homilies in the world. Well, the best way to get better at that is to go, yeah, it's not a natural gift of mine. And to actually tell people, hey, I'm not the world's greatest homilist. That doesn't mean I'm not a great priest, but it means I need help with that. I'm going to work on it, but I'm going to put that out there and say, everybody knows that. I don't have to feel like that makes me not a good priest. And I've had other priests who said, hey, I love giving homilies, but I really struggle with one-on-one counseling. And everybody's like, what? But you're a priest. You're supposed to love counseling, people, grief counseling or people in need. And they think, I know I'm a bad priest. It's like, no, you're a different one. Now, does that mean you don't have to do the things you're not great at? No, no priest gets to go, hey, I'm not gonna hear confessions. But there are (laughs) priests who say, that's not my gift. St. John Vianney sat in the confessional all day long. That was his gift. So we have to say to ourselves, God, thank you for allowing me to do the things I'm wonderful at. Please help me in the areas that I'm not great at naturally. And help me to, f- to learn how to assist my brother priests in their areas of weakness and allow them to help me and the lay people around me to help me in the things I need to get better at. It's so liberating to be able to celebrate what you're great at and what you're not great at and invite others in to do that. Pat, I,
1: I love that. And I think I've heard you say this before that God designed us to need each other. Right. Working genius is an expression of that. It's the body of Christ. It's like we, we need each other to be whole. And, and I think you father, God didn't give you everything you need to be a thriving priest on your own. right? Right. He designed you with your gifts and talents and weaknesses, and we need each other. You need help. We all need help. So Pat, we've been talking about working genius for those that don't know this model.
0: Tell, tell us about the six different types. Okay, so there's six different activities that anything, like running a parish, planning a vacation, launching a new program, any activity involves six different skill sets, if you will. And I'll go through them very quickly. At the highest altitude, up in the clouds, is the genius of wonder. The genius of wonder is that person who sits and ponders things. And, 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 and looks at things, and they can look at the clouds, and they, can, and they can think and go, is something missing here? Is there a better way to do this? They're not necessarily coming up with a new idea. They're asking the important question. Is this enough? Is there more? Is there a better way? And every new idea starts by somebody asking the question, not coming up with the idea. So wonder is truly one of the six geniuses that God gives people. The next one is a genius of invention. That's the person who hears that question and says, I'm going to come up with a new way to solve that. I'm going I'm to answer that question. I want to come up with a better way, a better mousetrap, or a better way to implement that program, or a new idea around this thing. Some people have that gift. Other people don't. Those first two are called ideation, wonder and invention. The next one after invention is discernment. Now, not priestly discernment, like discerning your vocation, but what we call discernment is gut feel, instinct. People who are just really good at sizing things up and making decisions using their gut, their instincts. They're good at pattern recognition. They don't have a lot of data, but somehow they can look at something and go, I think this is what we should do. And people will say, why are you usually right? And it's because God gave them the the gift of discernment and intuition. The next one is called the genius of galvanizing. That's that person who loves to rally the troops, to get things going, to sell and to promote things and and to get in front of people and say, let's do it. And there's people, there's priests that love to galvanize. And there's other people that would rather have their teeth pulled than galvanize. Okay? Now, those middle two we call activation, the last two are called implementation. And the, last, the second to last one, the fifth one, is the genius of enablement. These are people who love to come alongside and help people. When somebody says, I need you, they're like so excited. They get their joy and energy, and that's what geniuses are about, joy and energy, from coming alongside and helping people with whatever they need on their terms. And the last genius is called tenacity, Matt. And that's, there are people that actually get joy and energy from finishing things to driving to closure, to making sure that things get finished, done, crossed off the list, and meet expectations. Well, those six things are vastly different. And as it turns out, based on our research, everybody has two geniuses. Two of those six things are, 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 are your sources of joy and energy. Like, I like to think about it like a one of those tumblers or those yeti mugs where you pour coffee in it and put the lid on and it'll hold its its heat all day you could burn your tongue on that 5 hours later because it holds that energy and your working geniuses are the things you can do all day and still feel really energized two of the six things for every person are their working competencies they're okay at it it doesn't feed them it doesn't give them joy and energy but it doesn't crush them either. They're okay. They're that coffee cup. You pour the hot coffee and put a plastic lid on it and it holds its heat for an hour or two. Then we all have these things called working frustrations, areas that God distinctly did not give us. And we don't even, we lose joy and energy. It's a coffee cup. You pour the coffee and it's got a hole in the bottom and it just drains out. So if we don't know which of those six things are our geniuses, our competencies and our, our frustrations, we don't know how to cooperate with God in the things he wants us to do and ask other people to help us in the things that we're not so great at.
1: Yeah, Pat. And I think the distinction, I love that you said it over and over again. These are the things, the geniuses are the things that give you energy and joy in your work. And so I think when I talk with a lot of priests, like, well, I'm, I'm capable of doing the other things, it's like, well, of course you're capable. Anyone can put their, you know, put their head down and and grind and, and and get things done, even if they don't enjoy them. But I do think, going back to our point earlier, I think when a priest is doing work day in and day out, mostly in his frustrations, working frustrations or competencies, and not his genius, he doesn't have the energy and joy that he needs to really do. The, the, the pastoral care that's required of him, right, to to bring the sacraments joyfully to his people, right, to to be re- ready and eager to meet someone in need, right. And and, and yeah. it, this is real, Pat. Like when when you're working in your frustrations,
0: you're just exhausted and grumpy and just unhappy. And a lot of times people have the idea that whatever I'm bad at, I need to spend more time working on that. Mm -hmm. You know, Michael Jordan, when he played in the NBA, he wasn't a great outside shooter at first. And people thought, yeah, he should go work on that in the off season. And and a coach said, no, I'm going to tell him not to worry about it. Just keep getting good at the thing you're good at. And that'll give you the confidence and the the peace to get better at shooting. Well, and if you're a priest and you hate administration, you go, I'm going to lock myself in my office and I'm going to just plow through this stuff. No, actually it's better to go, hey, you guys, I'm terrible at this. I hate it. Now, I have to do it, but I don't want to focus on it. I'd like to delegate as much as I possibly can. And here's the thing. There are other people who love it. There are other people who have those geniuses. And once you know that, then you can say, oh, you mean I can give you this as a gift, and it's going to allow me not to have to do it. We often feel guilty, like if we give somebody else something, we, we delegate it, that we're burdening them. Well, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And as a priest, it, know what your treasure is. Now, even then, you're going to have to do some things you really don't like. But at least you can go, God, I'm going to offer up this next hour to you. And you know I don't love this. And I know this isn't a gift, but I need to do it. And I'm going to offer it up and, and plow through it without guilt without self-judgment, and then we can actually tolerate those things. But I like to say, Matt, that we should really look at what we do, find out what our geniuses are, and we're going to tell priests how to do that in a second. Mm-hmm. But we're, I think people should spend about no less than 60% of their time in their genius. You know, I really think that's a, that's a good thing to say, I'd like to spend almost two-thirds of my time doing my genius. And mm-hmm. then no more than 30% in their area of competency, that area in the middle. And if you're spending more than 10% of your time doing something that drains you of energy and joy, it doesn't seem like that's meant to be. Now, sometimes there might be a short season or a, a week or a month when you have to do that. But I think so many priests would be so liberated to know what they're best at and share that with the people around them and invite people to come in and help them. That's something I want all priests to do.
1: Pat, I was working the other day with a priest who he has an invention in galvanizing frustration and was Ah. really feeling bad about that because he saw a lot of the problems at the parish, didn't have ideas, new ideas for how to solve them and kind of felt like, gosh, isn't my job to galvanize and get people excited? And that was another frustration of his. And we had the best conversation because there's people on his team that, have those gifts. And so it was so simple just to say, well, wait, doesn't this other person have galvanizing? Isn't this something that brings them energy and joy? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, equip them to do it, empower them to do it, ask them to do it, right? Invite them in. So I I think it's so important that we remember that when you're feeling burnt out or you're feeling overwhelmed, or honestly, a lot of priests are not looking forward to the day because all of the tasks in front of them are around their frustrations. And that makes them feel guilt and shame of uh, not feeling good about those things. So I truly, Pat, <laughs> I can't emphasize enough, do your best to reorganize the work so that you can be in that 60%, 30%,
0: 10%. And I want to say to all the priests listens, whether you're a bishop or newly ordained or in seminary or a pastor, your job is really cool. <laughs> I mean, it really matters. And gosh, I, can, I imagine that some priests probably go like, you know, you never see a priest in a movie or on TV hardly. And if it is, it's often negative. And, and I love like Father Stew and these other movies that have, have portrayed priests well. But I want you to know that all of us, married, unmarried, pre, pre-discerning a vocation or whatever else, eventually we realize this is one of the most amazing jobs in the world. And I know you might be going, oh, have, you've not been a priest I mean, because some people are burned out. But the, what you do is so important and, and we, we honor it so much. And it breaks our heart to know that you might be losing some steam because you're finding yourself doing so many things that you don't like. And I can imagine if so, if you're listening to this and, you, and you're feeling like a little bit like that, you might be thinking, hey, this isn't realistic. You don't understand all the things I have to do. And then there's the other thing, and it's like some of these things are sacramental and you don't, you don't get to delegate them, right? You, don't, you can't delegate your homilies, for instance, if you don't love that. You can't delegate... Hearing confession. And you can't even delegate responsibility for the finances of the parish because there's that's canon law and you have to do that. So we are not saying to you, hey, just don't do the things you don't like anymore. What we're saying is take stock of the things you do love to do, and then take a look at your at your daily schedule with the people around you and say, how do we begin to move this into more of my genius? And, and there's a lot more room than we often think to, to move around how we go about doing this. Because let me tell you, one pastor is not the same as another pastor is not the same as another. And one priest is not the same as another priest. And one bishop is not the same as, as another bishop. And really, you should start thinking about how you go about fulfilling that vocation using your genius in the best possible way. And like, let's look at the homily thing. A way to do that is to say, okay, if I don't love homilies and it's not easy for me, some priests can go for a walk in the woods and come up with their next four homilies in 15 minutes. They really can. Mm -hmm. And another one is just like, I could sit in a room and bang my head on the wall for four hours and not come up with anything. So you can say, I have somebody in my team that has wonder, who can ponder things, or invention, likes to come up with ideas. I'm gonna actually go into a room with them and say, can we spend the next 45 minutes and just you throw things against the wall? And I'm going to take that, and then I'm going to come up with something, and then could I present that to you really quickly and tell you, does this work for you? Do you think this is a good thing? That's, you know, when you ask somebody on your staff or in the parish to help you do that, they're going to feel honored. They really are. You're going to think they're like, oh, Father asked me to do something. It's like, no, if you find people with geniuses and you say, I want you to use your geniuses to help me, they're going to think, this is the coolest thing ever.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: But I Pat, know I, that a lot of priests don't want to ask.
1: Yeah, because they, c- they're embarrassed. And, and there's no shame in not having all the geniuses. I, I've i worked with another priest who doesn't have the genius of discernment. Right? That's a frustration. That, and, that
0: feel instinct, making a decision without a bunch of information. Yeah.
1: Right. Not a spiritual discernment. We're talking like a right. practical discernment. And, right, homilies are something that getting discernment and feedback on your ideas and your delivery can really improve the, how the homily goes over. And so I think you, you talked about wonder and like brainstorming ideas. I think utilizing discernment around, hey, is this landing? Do you think this is relevant? Is this going to resonate with people? And just really getting that practical advice. It does not make you weaker as a homilist. It will make you stronger and it will actually open people's eyes, open their hearts, open their minds to experience Jesus the rest of that mass. So th- this you really know, I, does.
0: Yeah. I know a priest who's, who's he's wonderful and he's, he gives great homilies and he's, and he's so reverent at mass and he's really turned his parish around, but he's not the warmest guy in the world. I mean, and that he will tell you that. I mean, he's a, he was a child and he would probably say, yeah, as a kid, I probably wasn't that warm either. And so, so like, like that playground pastoral nature That being in the office and somebody coming in and just, come on in, I want to talk to you. And you know, there's priests that love that and there's priests that don't. It's okay to go, that's, and to tell the people around you, you guys have probably seen that I struggle with that. I'd like somebody to help me with that, Mm. both in terms of helping me vet which people that are coming into the office I should spend time with. Because if I'm just standing there and one person after another is coming to my office for counseling, I'm probably not going to be the best version of myself. And they're probably not going to get everything they need. So how can we organize this parish to play to my strengths, to teach me how to be better at the things I need to, but to not overexpose me to my worst things? Again, it's not abdicating. It's not saying I don't to have to do that. I mean, you know, I can imagine if I were a priest, Matt, and, but yeah, I'm a CEO and I don't like to galvanize. I have my own company and I don't like to rally the troops all the time because hmm. it gets kind of tiring to me. And I never knew I could delegate some of that. Am I still the the primary? Do I have to galvanize the company? Yeah, but I don't have to be the one doing it every single day. So I delegated it to somebody, and it is such a a better situation. And so I just want to encourage priests to realize, find out how to help yourself and your team live into their geniuses. And it is a way to honor the gifts that God gave you and to let other people live into the gifts that God gave them. There's a yeah. humility and a gift to give that to others. Hey, so Matt, we should tell people how to, how to actually go ahead and find out what their genius is, right? Yes, absolutely. So Pat, so, what do ahead. they do? Where do they go? So you, normally what people do is they go to the website, workinggenius.com, and they can just fill it out. It costs like 25 bucks. But if you're a priest... And we don't want to sell to people. We're like, how do we make this cheaper? We want to give like a 40% discount. This is 15 bucks and it takes 12 minutes and you get a report and it's a great way to get started. Go ahead and send us an email at info at upstreampodcast.com. If you're a priest or a seminarian, send an email to info at upstreampodcast.com and we will get you a, a highly discounted version of this. And so that, and we'll, we'll make that happen for you. So just tell us who you are, what your, what your parish is, so we, we know who you are. And, so, and, and it literally takes 12 minutes to do this. I would say, go, sit down with your team and go, hey, did you guys know this about me? They're probably going to go, yeah, Father, we did, but we're glad that you now feel comfortable sharing it with us. How can we help you? I really think there's going to be great relief and, and a new sense of joy and energy in your ministry, and we just want that to happen because we love our priests.
1: Pat, I also just want to encourage any priest that's listening to this or any, any lay person that helps priests. If you see that your, your priest friend or, or, or priest, if you see a brother is overwhelmed and burnt out and unhappy a lot of the time, This might be something that could really encourage them and give them insight. So I I think it's easy for me sometimes to be critical of a priest that seems to be a little bit cranky or a little bit crabby. This is a great solution. This is a great thing to offer them to say, maybe you're doing a lot of work that really does cause you frustration, and we can make some changes to that so that you have more energy and joy.
0: Yeah, I should tell the the priest listening and the people listening right now how this whole model came about. I was working in my own company, my own small company, which is about the size of a large parish staff, right? And I was coming to work with people I liked doing something I really liked doing. And I was grumpy a lot. And finally, somebody on my team said, why do you get so grumpy? And they weren't being mean. They just were curious. And I said, I don't know, but I want to figure it out. And that's where I said, well, I get grumpy when I'm doing this, but I don't get grumpy. I love doing this and this and this. And I said, wait a second. And by the grace of God, there's six different things I discovered, and I'm not doing enough of the two that I love, and I'm spending way too much time in the two that I don't love. And people said, well, we can help you with that, but I'd never been able to ask for it because I didn't know what it was, and I felt like, well, that's my job. Well, nobody is good at everything. Jesus alone, I love to go through the geniuses and go, Jesus was probably a great he was great at wonder, and I, I know he's God's son, so we can't compare ourselves. He was great at new ideas. He was a great discerner. He galvanized people. Look at all the people he got. He enabled people, came alongside, and he did things, and he finished them. Well, we are not him, and he didn't make any of us enough by ourselves. So, so we want to wrap up right there and encourage people to discover their geniuses and their frustrations, and we want us to just pray. Matt, do you want to leave some prayer?
1: yeah in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen, Lord, thank you for the gifts and talents that you have freely given each one of us. Lord, help us to be humble stewards of these talents. Help us to grow in our self awareness and to truly understand and honor the gifts that you have given us. Lord. I just pray that any priest today that is experiencing being overwhelmed or even guilt or shame around any of the things that they're not good at or that they can be freed from that they can be released from that pressure and that they can discover the geniuses that you have given them lord help us to walk alongside of our priests to support them in this journey and help us to fill in the gaps jesus we ask these things in your name amen amen in the, name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen
0: Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next time on Upstream. God bless.